You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey folks, Bridget here. Welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I had the pleasure chatting with beverage professional 2019 Dame Hall of Fame Pioneer Award winner, a beloved Beam Centauri industry expert, the 2020 Tales of the Cocktail Best American Brand Ambassador, Miss Robin Nance. I also had a great opportunity to chat with the woman who literally is behind the scenes that makes Beam Suntory's beverage industry resource for professional development, brand education, cocktails, and so much more, The Blend, Miss Jessie McGuire. They shared their love and passion for our industry their journey for our beverage community and all of their good work that supports every beverage worker from the owner to the back of the house. So grab your favorite Jim Beam cocktail and enjoy the show. Welcome Robin and Jess. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's go ahead and start off with Jess. Jess, can you tell our listeners about your journey um, into the beverage community? What got you here? Yeah, it's a long road. Um, I think like a lot of us, I started when I was still in school as a part-time job working as a hostess um, when I was still living in Kentucky and um, just continued working in hospitality roles all throughout my college experience, um, obviously, because it was really, really great money. And I had a great time uh, doing my jobs and in, in restaurants. Um, and then when I graduated with a marketing degree in 2009, it was a really horrible time to get a marketing job because it was uh, right around the time of the recession happening. And um, what I ended up doing was just continuing to work in restaurants. And at the time, <clears throat> I was working at the Gage in Chicago on Michigan Avenue. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening uh, know people who have worked there have been to that great restaurant. And it really, I think the Gage was a huge turning point for me um, as far as really looking at the hospitality industry as a career and taking it very seriously and getting some amazing training. And I started serving at the Gage and that continued for years, working in different positions within Chicago at different restaurants. I was uh, lucky enough to work at some really amazing places like the Dawson and La Serena Clandestina. And then, and I think it was probably 2011, uh, 2012, when I actually made the switch in to the distributor world and got a, a rep job with Heritage Wine Cellars and, and then was uh, kind of able to just continue my career on that, on the other side of the bar and on the other side of, of the table, really. And since then, I've had a number of different positions in, in uh, brand marketing and sales and finally found my home at Beam uh, about a year and a half ago. That's really cool. Um, what do you love most about our industry? Like where's really that heartbeat for you? I love the people and how much diversity of 
idea and perspective there is within this industry. I, I love um, being able to kind of go to any city where I'm traveling and have a conversation with the person on the other side of the bar and know that you have something in common with them because of my background in hospitality. It really, there's a sense of community even before you meet someone, just knowing that you have that in common um, in your background with a, as a hospitality and industry person. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And because this industry is something that either you really love or you just don't, you yeah. know? And so for you, you have, I think that you're quite unique in the industry where you started off, you know, you, you did, you went to college, you did all, you know, all the things you, but then, you know, you went and you worked at the gauge right on Michigan Avenue, which is amazing. And now you really are um, behind the scenes, you know, that's yeah. quite a transition to go from the bar to a position where you are running a very large platform for Beam Centauri, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but I just want to hear from you, you know, how was that transition? What was that like for you? Um, Because I don't think that a lot of our listeners realize all the opportunities and all the positions that are available within our beverage world beyond, beyond the bar itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's a really great point uh, to touch on and something that I really want to talk more about in, in the future is, bringing kind of my educational background together with my experience. And that's what I love so much about this job now is that I get to bring all of the marketing formal education from the marketing perspective into um, a platform where I can bring that together with the experience of working in the hospitality industry. And I think like, just like you said, a lot of times people don't really uh, look or or their conversation is never normally around how to bring those two things together. It's like, okay, I'm a bartender. You kind of don't really look past or forward and how you could build that out and and make a, you know, a a more, I don't know what the best word to say, commercialized career out of it. Um, But I'm really, I think I'm really fortunate and I'm happy and hopefully I can help other people get to a place where they can bring those two things together because it was really exciting for me when I was finally able to combine those, those um, tools and, and the experience that I have. And I would love for that conversation to be built out for other people because like when I was in college, I had a number of different speakers come in and talk to my classes a number of different times. And all of them were either from an agency or worked in just normal consumer packaged goods. And all the while I'm working in restaurants. And if I'd had someone from, you know, and and I would love, obviously Robin has some really amazing things around education Mm -hmm. and hospitality too. Um, But it would have been great to have somebody come into my class and say, you know, you can make a career out of this in marketing, in spirits. Um, So I think that's really important to talk about more in the industry too. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, especially and I'm going to use a P word. I don't love the P word as much as I as much as I like moist. I like the freaking P word is that we're all, you know, so many people are trying to pivot right now. Right. And so, you know, that's why I think that you're just a really great example of someone that has really worked in so many facets of our industry. You have the college background and you're able to find something super cool, super relevant and impactful within still staying within our industry to make change and to put something out there that's completely unique. So. Yeah, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm, I love with being, being given the opportunity to really bring the voice of the trade um, to the fore. It's, it's, it's a unique, it's a unique thing to be involved in. I'm really excited about it. 
Well, I'm excited about it too. And we will talk about that more in just a minute. Robin, your turn. I know you had such a interesting career uh, within our industry and have great passion uh, for it as well. And if we'd love for you to tell our listeners um, what brought you into the industry, a little bit about your background and uh, where you are today. Yeah. Um <clears throat> very different from Jesse's journey. (laughs) Um, I feel like I've lived, uh, I've lived a hundred lives. So I actually um, was not going to be able to go to college. College was not in the cards for me um, financially. And I randomly signed a modeling contract when I was 16. And the day after I graduated high school, uh, got on a plane and flew to New York. And um, you know, uh, I think, I think now we all have a much better understanding of the modeling world, but back then it was sort of this, you know, oh, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go to New York and I'm just going to be this, this supermodel overnight. And, um, that is in fact, not the case. I paid a lot of money to sleep on a bunk bed in an apartment with 12 other girls in New York city, um, and was not making any money or working. And so I got a job as a hostess in an Italian restaurant and that was sort of my first, uh, my first real like toe in the hospitality world. Um, and then I became a server. Uh, I was actually a shot girl in a strip club um, briefly when I was 18, back when you could actually serve alcohol when you were 18. Some seats, I think you can still do that. But um, yeah. so I did that for a while. And uh, just basically it was a way to support um, the not- supermodel money I was making being a model traveling mm-hmm. the world, which was great. I mean, I, I think the benefit is I, I, I do not have a formal college education, but traveling and living in multiple countries gave me a different kind of education that I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, and definitely benefits me in my role now and, and working with a global team. So th- I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I, I often like to say, um, you know, I probably would not on paper have been given my job, but my experience got me to where I am. And so to anybody out there that feels like they can't work in corporate America or move up the ladder in corporate America, if they don't have a college degree, you're, you're completely, you know, you can do anything you want to do with the experience that you have. So please, uh, look to me as inspiration as someone who works in a corporate environment with zero college, Um, But yeah, so I I did that for a long time and then moved to Los Angeles. It really kind of planted roots there and was there for 20 years, did some acting, uh, got married, gave all that up. And uh, that's kind of when I I am no longer married to that person Uh, (laughs) and moved into the hospitality world really full time. So became a bartender, moved into the management and then uh, ultimately was a director of operations for 12 venues. Um, before I moved to Chicago eight years ago. I can't believe it's been eight years. Um, wow. So that's sort of the, the hospitality journey. I did, I was a beverage director um, at Chicago Cut here in Chicago. And then I managed at Dunlay's and DOC on Clark uh, for any Chicago folks who know where that is, both sadly no longer open. Um, and then I was a manager at Santa Tavern before stepping into my role as an ambassador. So- 
It's amazing. And then how did that happen? How did you go from, you know, being in the day-to-day grind at a restaurant into a very different role as a brand ambassador? You know, what did that look like for you when you were going through that process? You know, what was that carrot that was in front of you? What got you really excited about that opportunity? So this is actually a very funny story. Um, One of my very dear friends who had trained, I, one of the last places I opened in LA was a a scotch craft beer and steak house, sort of like big communal table. Um, But all we served was scotch craft beer and steaks. And uh, I met Johnny Mundell who works for Reams and Tory today. Um, And he came in and did staff trainings. And when I moved from LA he reached out to me and said, hey, you know, we're looking for somebody in the Midwest to represent our Scotch brands. And I immediately thought of you. And I was, I was sort of like, I, I don't, what is, what do you do? What is that job? <laughs> what does that mean, ambassador? Because right. um, it was pretty early on and, and there were a handful of ambassadors, but nothing like that it is today. And I mean, women working on Scotch brands, it was almost unheard of. Right. So I went through the process. I actually did not get the job. Um, They hired someone else. And then two months later, in the meantime, I had left one job and started a new job. I had left and moved to Sienna Tavern and loved it and was super excited. And they called me up and they're like, the person that we hired isn't working out. Would you want the job? We want to offer you the job again. I had to, I I had this moment where I had to make a decision to leave this new job that I actually really enjoyed or, you know, kind of take this risk. And, and I mean, you know, taking a job where they've already not liked the person that they hired instead of you was very terrifying. Um, And I, I went to visit my family who know nothing of this world, literally nothing, and kind of laid it all out on the table for them. And my mom looked at me and said, I think you've already made up your mind. You just need somebody else to say what you already have made up your mind you want to do. And so I said, I said, yes. And that was in 2013. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're going on about eight years then with Beam Suntory. Yeah. So I came from the Suntory mm-hmm. side of the business. So okay. when, when Suntory bought Beam, um, we were a small company called Morris and Bowmore, and that got absolved, kind of absorbed into the purchase. Um, and so we came into the business with the, with the purchase. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super amazing. Um, so, I mean, you both have been around definitely around the, the beverage industry to see it evolve, to see the changes for the, and, and all the good, the bad, the ugly, right. And, um, you know, some of those things I'd love to talk with you both about, because I think the three of us are super passionate is about what's happening in today's world versus, you know, 10 years ago when maybe you had just started. And that's the difference that we're seeing of the makeup behind the bars, the leadership and being, you know, I want to talk a little bit about diversity, inclusion, and belonging, because this is a time that, um, of, of change, of great change. And so I'd love to hear, and maybe we'll go ahead and start with Jess first to see some of the, the positive changes that you're seeing in our industry. What do you think is going to actually take to keep those changes um, to, to actually to make them stick, right? Yeah. For years to come. That's a great, great question. And something we think about all the time um, on our team and, a lot of the the great things that I've seen 
in over the span of time working in the industry that, that are happening now and have been happening for the past couple of years have been the really the amount of amazing strong women coming to the fore in in conversations in leadership positions behind and in front of the bar and ownership positions and i love that i mean from my perspective at least it's kind of becoming commonplace at this point um and we're shifting conversations from what's it like to be a successful woman in the hospitality industry to more personalized and focused messaging around that as opposed to it's kind of that same um sort of generic question that women get asked, what is it like to be a woman in blank field, right? Um, and I think that the, we're finally moving away from those more generic questions and moving into, um, like I said, more personalized questions around what individuals are doing, what their directives are, and, and what they are trying to accomplish for themselves and for the industry as a whole. Um, I'm excited that the conversations are happening. I think we have so many things to act upon and there's a lot of work to be done in this industry around all of these ideas but i think one positive thing is that these conversations are happening more and more and um, they're happening every day and they're happening more in depth and they're i mean the fact that we work for an international corporation and we're able to have these conversations with the trade and and bring those forth is is really a a good thing and, and something that probably wouldn't have happened five ten years ago no, they would not have happened. Robin and I can tell you for sure they would not have happened. That's why <laughs> yeah. That's why this this period that we're living through is just so incredibly amazing and we're all caretakers of it, right? And especially uh you Robin, you're very celebrated um in all the best ways, you know, with the beverage community with all the awards that you've won from Tales of the Cocktail, you know, 2020 Best American Brand Ambassador to be inducted in the Dames Hall of Fame in 2019. Um, for their pioneering award. So I'm sure that you carry some of that weight on your shoulders to make a change. And I see it. I see you doing the work. I see you in the community. I see you online. And I see you both really utilizing your positions that you hold within Beam Suntory to be uh, curators of the change and what tomorrow will look like, hopefully, for our community. I know that's a crap ton of pressure within this question, but same question for you, Robin, what you've been up to, to be part of the change and what do you see? It's funny, Jesse and I were talking this morning and I was kind of going through all of the projects that we're working on and I'm like, oh, I really need to write all this down to wrap my brain around it. No, I mean, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so incredibly lucky to, you know, I, I oftentimes, I was always sort of that odd bird. I, I, I'm an only child. I grew up in a single parent home. I moved around a lot. Even after I left home, I moved around a lot. I left home at a very young age. So I was always awkward and sort of like not socially comfortable. I went to four high schools. Like I just never really felt planted and like I fit in anywhere and hospitality the hospitality industry gave me that place where I felt like I belonged so I for me it's about giving back and making sure you know it's always been that place where there's a there's some something for everyone I mean we welcome everybody problematic yes But even within the issues that we have, it's always sort of been that place where everybody has, you know, there's, there's different aspects of every culture that there is a, there's a a 
rooted place in hospitality for you to gather. And so I'm very lucky that I've had that and that I have opportunities where I can hopefully share that with other people. Um, I get to work really closely with some amazing people on the Tales Education Committee. Um, and there's a lot of conversation. Uh, I'm going I'm to shout out another person that I absolutely adore and learn from every day, Jackie Summers, um, who he talks a lot about gatekeeping. And I think there's a lot of responsibility in you know, those of us who sort of are in that position of gatekeeping and opening doors for others. It's, you know, for, for me, and I, I know for Jesse, the, 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 the work that we're doing is important in that, you know, we want to be able to say, hey, like, we're, we're trying to like forge the trail so that we can then step aside and let other people, because there are so many smart people out there with incredible messages, doing incredible work that don't have the access. So how do we create the access for them to get that message out and then give them the platform to put the message out into the world? And that platform would be? The blend. The blend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Robin, let's, let's keep it with you for just a minute here because I know that the blend has really been your brainchild and your baby for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a bit about how that came to be maybe a little bit about what that is? And then I want to talk to Jesse a bit about the content and you know, what she sees for the future of it. Absolutely. So the blend was actually, it, it, was created in Australia. Um, it was something called Club Suntory and existed for about 30 years. And then when the Beam Suntory combination happened, the team in Australia rebranded it as The Blend and it was it's, it's the trade engagement platform. So they, it really, in its initial <laughs> ideal, would have been live events. Um, we just happened to choose to launch the US Blend you know, in the year of a pandemic, because that's what one does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, the team in Australia have done a really great job of building it. It's been the blend in Australia for about six years. And when conversations started about three years ago uh, around bringing the blend to the U.S., I wanted to kind of look at, there's obviously major differences in different markets. Um, And so I really wanted to make sure that we were speaking to the US trade audience in a way that made sense for them. And when we realized that it was gonna be a lot of online content to start, um, we just kind of came up with some different ideas of how that content would come to life. And so uh, all of our content is written by trade members. I mean, there'll be, there'll be some stuff on there. Like you'll, you'll see me. Um, there's an amazing spirits education program called still learning. That was a very strange, it was born of a very strange moment of me laughingly saying we should open a spirits college while driving by a college for sale on the way to makers mark in Kentucky. Uh, and you know, here we are three and a half years later, it is an online course that you can take and, and learn about spirits by process, not category. So you don't get kind of dug down into a single category of spirit. Um, so there, there's definitely some stuff on there that is us, but ultimately the content is from the trade and it's topics that are important to them. And we're, we're touching on some, some pretty heavy stuff, but it's been really amazing. I mean, I'm super excited about the content we have coming up in the next couple of months for sure. And I'll let, I'll let Jesse touch on that more, but yeah, it's, it really was, we wanted it to be a place 
where the trade could see themselves and hear themselves and they felt like it was their space and not just another branded website. Right. Not just a corporate, um, something that you, it's not like a have to, right. It's something that you want to do. And it's an important, it's an important site. Yeah, it really is. And I don't think that there's anything out there to even compare it to because you're truly, like you said, you know, reaching into our community, hearing those voices. And like you said, opening that gate, you're Mm -hmm. opening up that door for them. And that's amazing. I think it's quite beautiful, actually. Um, Jess, let's talk to you about that content because you, my friend, are definitely like Oz behind the curtain of the blend. (laughs) This is what makes you so amazing. Like I can hardly, you know, use Zoom that we're on right now. I don't know how the hell you do your job. So let's talk a little bit um, about the content that you're creating and um, what do you see the future, you know, um, for the site? Yeah, it's been a, a a fun journey translating trade needs to a develop a web development team. Um, those are interesting <laughs> conversations. It's like <laughs> it's like I'm a translator sometimes, but um, yeah, we we have been in, we're in a unique position within the U.S. market to kind of create exactly what we wanted out of this, and so we did a lot of. Um, building of really proprietary pages on, on our site that we're really proud of. Um, still learning as, as Robin mentioned is one of them. Um, but then once we got the site up and going, we we kind of opened up the doors to what kind of messaging, what kind of content topics we want. And we really took an active listening role within, um, you know, those themes that are being talked about within the industry. And um, we're, we're lucky enough to be able to have a lot of, um, control over what we're able to publish. And, and, and we thank our hires up for that here. And, and I think that really contributes to the, to the uniqueness of the site and the conversations that are going on on the site. And that's, um, for, for one, one of the things I'm, I'm really proud of, not that I'm not proud of everything we do, but, um, our most recent, one of our most recent campaigns, we partnered with focus on health and, um, did a num- a, a, a large amount of work around, um, balancing work and wellness and steps, active steps and real steps that people in the industry can take to get a better handle on that for themselves and better routines in their life. And I think those are some of the conversations that um, are starting to come out more and that we're really happy to be able to have on a larger scale. Um, In the coming months, we're we're going to be doing a lot of content focused around um, Black History Month, obviously, for, for February. We have already have some amazing creators on our site, and we just want to put a, a more of a focus um, on that. We'll be doing more collaborations with Focus on Health around um, themes uh, during uh, the month of February as well, so that's still to come. Um, and we have... Uh, I don't want to say too much because we're still in in some infancy, infancy stages, but we have some really, really amazing um, live uh, event focused things in the works as well. But what's really exciting is that we're able to bring conversations around uh, mental health, um, health in general, sort of some of the themes that aren't necessarily directly tied into how to make a cocktail or, or although there are things like that on the site as well. We have amazing content around gear things. Uh, one of the themes that we have is called gear review, um, where we just talk about the different applications for different uh, tools, not necessarily just bar tools, but tools that you'd use in the trade, things like that. But we can also expand that to more kind of esoteric topics that you would have, um, you know, post pre-shift or post-shift with your friends or while you're sitting at the industry bar at the end of the night. Um, And then one of the other things I'm really proud of too, 
with our themes and kind of our focus and, and the inclusion aspect of the site is that um, I only held a bartending position when I was working for maybe six months. Most of the time, uh, most of my time spent in the, in the hospitality industry on the floor was as a server. Mm-hmm. And something that was always frustrating for me was that I didn't think servers or some of the other positions within restaurants and bars got a, enough attention or enough uh, of, of, of the credit sometimes for service going so smoothly. And we've made it a point with uh, our focuses on the blend to not just focus on the bartender, but to focus on all aspects of, of trade, all, all of different variations of trade members in their careers from the very beginning to the, to the, to the owner, to the, to the mentor. Um, and I think that's really important. And I, I, hopefully that's something that people want to see. And, and I, as Robin said, we want to just make sure everyone's voice is represented and people who are in our audience can see themselves in the content that we're creating for the blend. So that's probably something I'm, I'm the most proud of because it's really close to my heart as far as giving some credit to those servers and barbacks and, and hosts that really help it run too. Can you tell us, and I love everything that you just said, because you really are creating that true source, right? True source for, it sounds like professional development, that 360 experience for the beverage professional, like one-stop shopping, right? Um, may sound like a silly question, but could you let our um, listeners know, are, is there any charge to use the site? Is there any charge to use, you know, if you want to attend these live events, because I'm going to tell you something so many times I get on LinkedIn, I get on Facebook, I get on whatever the social media platform, and I get really excited about something that's on there. Oh, it's live. I can't wait to see these speakers. And you go in and it's like, and this is going to cost you $499 or whatever it might be. And so maybe if you could clarify, you know, how the site works, how people can sign up and should they expect to be charged to use the site? Nope. Uh, the blend is completely free. Uh, we are just creating a community. So you just have to become a member, register as a member on the site, uh, which is completely free before you have full access to everything. But um, it's just a great, essentially, it's just for us to be able to, to have a full community and have that ongoing communication with our Blend membership. Um, and once you sign up as a member at theblend.world, you're, you're good to go with all of our content. And um, if you want a little taste of it, you can obviously look at our social media handles, which I'm sure you guys will be sharing. Um, and but from, from there, you can just go straight to the site, sign, become a member. We've just streamlined our registration process, which I'm very excited about. So, um, and, and then you have access to everything. And, and just like as a quick rundown, as, as Robin mentioned, we have our, our education modules on the site. We have a mentorship campaign. So these are some world leaders who are talking about really amazing topics and um, topics related to administration behind the bar and a number of other um aspects of running a bar. And and then we also have editorial content that's more kind of focused on themes uh, that are are being discussed within the industry. So it's a wide variety of content. And and as you said, kind of a one-stop shop. And and as mentioned before, our goal is to really actively listen and put out there what the trade wants and, and needs. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome that you're offering this, you know, no charge, just go on and um, select what you want to select to learn, right? And to be part of a community that's maybe bigger than yourself, it sounds like bigger than um, your country to really formulate that that larger picture, that larger scope um, of our industry. Robin, you know, I'd like to switch it over to you for just a moment because we'd be remiss to not talk about what's happening today in our industry 
you know, we've lived now through the pandemic for, I think it's 1 million days, maybe. I'm not sure. At least. <laughs> and it kind of feels like it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I might be in my pajamas today while we're talking. So. I might've been in my pajamas since March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, for me, I could just say that it's been unbelievably heart-wrenching to see the lack of support that our government has given to our industry. And yet we make up such a gigantic, diverse population of people in this country who are suffering, you know, um, as much or probably more than most industries that are receiving bailouts that are receiving, you know, um, that support. And I think that it's just important that we, we talk about it a bit and would love to get your perspective on where things are today and where you see things, um, in the future based on what we're learning now. Wow. No pressure again. <laughs> Don't worry, Jess. I'm going to ask you the same question. Rob, small questions coming from Bridget today. No big deal. <laughs> We'll talk about what your favorite color is later. She's like, oh, it's going to be casual. Don't worry. It's casual. <laughs> uh, no, I think you're right. I, I you know, I, I think we have to have this conversation and we have to have it now. Uh, I think for a long time, this, well, for a long time, this industry was sort of looked down on and, and from a consumer standpoint, it, it sort of still is. I mean, there's still people out there getting asked what they want to do or what they're in school for, or what their real job is. And you know, I think the industry has had a mindset shift, but our customers and guests have not had that same shift. Some, some have, I mean, I'm not, I'm, this is a broad generalization, but I think in, in your broader worldview, there's still many, many people out there that, you know, don't even consider service industry people, people. I mean, they are, they are there to serve them and, and they don't look at them as actual people. And that's really unfortunate. I, I do think that we are in a very pivotal time in this industry. I think that we have to change things. And the time is now. The opportunity to change this industry from the ground up is right now. And we have to grab it and run with it. And there are amazing organizations out there that have been doing great work um, in the wage space and things like that. And there are great organizations that have come about for COVID to get relief. But I think, you know, pre-pandemic, we were 15 million employed and 1.2 trillion. Uh, we were $1.2 trillion industry on track to be even higher in, in you know, pre-pandemic 2020. So it, it is a massive industry and everybody goes out to eat. Everybody goes to bars. Everybody enjoys, I mean, and even our, our friends in, in hotels, like people running front desks and room service and, you know, people cleaning rooms, that's all hospitality. And I think that we have to start having those really hard conversations and we have to have them together. It can't be about these little silos of people working on different projects, we all have to sit down at one big giant table and say, okay, we are a career. We are an industry that makes a lot of money and we deserve to be treated like people. We deserve to be paid a living wage. And Jesse knows I have great passion around this. $15 is not a living wage. So we need to put the $15 an hour argument away. 
um, because our cost of living keeps skyrocketing and we keep sticking with the same ask for, for what we make. Um, and we need to talk about benefits and very controversially, we need to reteach our guests what it costs to eat out. I agree. There's so, I mean, we've let competition and capitalism take over our ability to care for each other and run ethical businesses. Like you can pay people, you can provide benefits, but you have to actually teach people that that meal is going to cost probably three times what you're used to paying for it so that these people can live their lives not even comfortably, just basically. Yeah, Yeah. get by. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's, I mean, and it's a hard conversation and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's going to be a very steep uphill climb, but we, the ground has been laid with, with COVID for us to really have that conversation and come out of this on the other side better. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really hope that people are willing to have that conversation. I, I think that they will be. I mean, I think that something about our industry that stands out for most is that we are a scrappy bunch that's my favorite word to describe our industry. We are scrappy as all get out, man. Yes. And you see it today. You see it with the restaurants, you know, just pulling up their bootstraps, trying desperately hard to stay open in whatever sense that looks like, whether it's, you know, to go cocktails, all the little igloos that are popping up. <laughs> At least I can talk for our state for Illinois, because it's really, we're having a, it's a blizzard right now in my hometown, but I'm looking at the window. I mean, it's colder than hell out. So, but you know, they're really doing all that they can do to survive and to provide for the back of the house as well, which is something that we don't talk about enough. And that's, you know, a conversation I would love to have as well. And when I talk about that, it really is about, you know, the undocumented that are in our industry that we all, you know, know that are our friends and we want to take care of, you know, through this as well, who don't get the support, but absolutely should, because they are the heartbeat of our establishments. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And, and it's, it's hard. It's, I, I think Robin touched on something really important and it is part of that is bring is changing the hearts and minds of the consumers that are, that are coming into our restaurants and hope I'm hoping that all of us facing something of this monumental together as an entire society is going to help ease that and, and kind of highlight that we need to be helping each other and, and hopefully make that conversation a little bit easier. Fingers yeah. crossed there, but we'll see. So Robin, what is your favorite color? (laughs) Now you ask the hard questions. Um, So this is really unfortunate. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a different one. So prior to 2016, my favorite color was orange. Uh, Now I would say my favorite color is probably mustard, like a mustard yellow, which I know is very unpopular, but I really like it. I love that color. Right. Yes. I like that color on my hot dog. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, where, and I'll start with Robin, where do you see yourself in the next five years as we come out of COVID, as we come out of this strange period that we're living in, you know, what's next for Robin Nance? This question always stumps me. We actually, within our organization, we have sort of like this five-year growth plan that we're supposed to fill out. (laughs) I'm the worst. Um, I have a very, very difficult time with future planning um, for myself, for like what my future looks like. Um, I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal. 
I think more than anything, I would I would love to maybe be sitting on a front porch uh, of the house that I own, uh, flipping through my social media, watching incredibly amazing, smart, new generation of hospitality, crushing it and um, going to the doctor because they have healthcare and calling in sick because they can and, you know, maybe not having 17 roommates because they make enough money to have two roommates and pay rent. Um, and really, you know, every community being able to walk out their door and see themselves in every aspect of their life. Um, I would love to, to say goodbye to the term othered. You know, yeah. I would love for everyone to, I mean, I think maybe five years for that is a little aggressive, but a girl can dream. You asked me in my <laughs> ideal world, so I'm, I'm answering. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's less about where I am career wise. I, I, I have I, like, I look at my career today and I think back to where I started and I'm like, how did I get here? Like what shamrock stuck to the bottom of my shoe somewhere and afforded me <laughs> everything that I have today. Um, so yeah, it's less about what my career looks like and more about being able to look outward and see all the things that I would love to see for, for the industry and the people that I care about. Yeah. I love that. That's a really great answer. Jess, it's your turn. Where do you see yourself in five years? It's a tough, tough to follow. Um, <laughs> I would, I mean, I think if I can put it in, in the context of the blend, really, I would love for us to expand um and we are always expanding but make sure we're expanding um the voices that we have on on the site into even the smallest market in the u.s and and we're lucky that that we have markets uh for the blend and you will see this if and when you become a member um it's international so we have a number of different markets um but for us here in the u.s i really it's also close to our heart to make sure that we're getting those voices from the smaller markets, because I think that's part of our community that gets really underrepresented and they have so, so much to say and so much to offer. And the most beautiful part about this is that the more perspectives and voices that we're able to elevate, the more high quality our content is and, and the conversation is. And I think as we move forward in the years to come, um, that's going to be our, my goal, our goal, um, to be sure that that is the standard for us. Um, and I'm hoping that 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 will also help facilitate new ideas and the community coming together um, to achieve what we need to achieve as far as, you know, the things that Robin was just talking about, right? So like, how do we facilitate and uh, in enabling Robin's vision for five years, right? Because I would, I would just say <laughs> the exact same thing as Robin just did. Um, come sit on your front porch. Yeah. Yes. I've got a front porch. Come on over guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I would love to, see the blend kind of walk hand in hand with the community to to where we, we need to go as far as you know living wage um and a number of other things and, and obviously really making those changes is going to come with policy and and with collective action um it's the only really the the only real ways we can do that so working towards those goals for sure well, I would also other like, thing, to, go oh, ahead. I'm so sorry. One other thing I just wanted to say uh, that Jesse did not mention um, is the entire site is also available in Spanish. Yes. That is really great. That is, talk about being inclusive. I mean, that's amazing. That's very cool. Um, 
Jess, I want to stick with you for just a minute because we just talked about, you know, what do you see in five years? And hopefully we are coming to the end of our COVID period soon with the vaccinations that are on the rise with a new president that's coming into office. Um, my question to you is, uh, what's the first thing you want to do when, want, when we get out of this, all these restrictions? I want to go to Europe. Oh, <laughs> you do? Yeah, I want to travel. I miss it. Um, I'm, I have been able to drive to, you know, safe places and autonomously with my partner during this time, but I really, really miss international travel. And, and it kind of sticks into the theme that we've, we've had over this conversation about mm -hmm. perspectives and, and, and the community, because one of the things I love about travel is, is a, even internationally is going and sitting down at someone's bar and realizing you have like six friends in common just because you're in the industry together. And so that's something that I really, really miss is connecting with people across the world um, over something that simple. Yeah. Well, that's a really wonderful thing to look forward to. I'm kind of in your, your court as well. Like I, I want to get the heck out of my hometown as soon as I can. Yeah. And by that, I mean, out of, not only out of my hometown, but out of the United States as well. I want to get out of plane and I want to go somewhere so far away and um, experience some new adventures, you know, make some new memories. So what about you, Robin? What's the first thing you'd like to do when you can? The first and probably easiest thing is I would really love to go to a bar with my friends and have a drink. Uh, I haven't been in a bar. Well, I was in one bar only because, thank you, COVID, it closed permanently after 36 years. So that's the only bar I've been in since March. Mm -hmm. um, and it was obviously a very diff different experience with social distancing and masks and things like that. So that is, um, that's probably the first and, and the, the easiest thing I'll be able to do is walk out my front door. I'll probably go to the bar around the corner if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A bar um, with no masks, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I look forward to hopefully a day where, yes, you can walk into a bar with no masks on. Um, but until then, I will happily walk into all of them with a mask on. Um, I was talking actually about this with somebody the other day and this sounds really, I have, I have learned that I'm actually an introvert through quarantine when mm. I, my whole life thought I was an extrovert. Um, so that's been fun, but I would really love to fly to Turks and Caicos and immediately walk into the ocean and float. There you go. About an hour and just look up at the sky. <laughs> you know what? I think you could do both of those things in one day. You can go to your local bar you can have something great with your friends and then get on that plane and you just float about. Yes. <laughs> I might just take my friends at the bar with me and we can all just float together. Make yes. it an air, make it an airport bar. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, I love you. an airport bar. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds awesome. Um, Jess, could you leave our listeners with some sound advice for the time that we're in to get um, them through? I think the best piece of advice I've, I've taken to heart through this is to be kind to yourself and be easy on yourself. I, I'm very lucky to have an amazing job and have been able to have my amazing job throughout this entire, um, you know, pandemic. And sometimes it can be hard, um, to 
be frustrated with work and be stressed out with work during this time. Um, so it's just kind of balancing all of the aspects of all of our lives and, and everything that all of us are going through. I think at the end of the day, it's just, just to give yourself a little bit of grace and patience, um, because you, we're all going through something insane right now. And I think we forget that and we get our, we put our heads down. Like you said, we're a scrappy industry. We put our heads down and we work and we push forward and, um, yeah, you just give yourself a little bit of slack. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely all in trauma, right? Absolutely. We're all in trauma. So things will be different when we come out of this, our lives will look different and how we handle and manage things on our day-to-day will be different as well. I think. Yeah. Robin, what about you? Could you leave our listeners with some, some last thoughts, you know, on um, just to inspire them through the time that we're in now? I think really similar to Jesse that it's the, the kindness piece. And, and I know that there, there are parts to that that are controversial these days. You know, it's like, be kind to everyone. You don't have, like, there's also boundaries and respect. But I, I think that we often forget that there are, there are multiple responses to trauma and everybody does, it responds differently. And it's easy to get caught up in, well, why didn't this person text me? Or why isn't this person calling me? Or whatnot. And oftentimes, they might just not be able to. So I think it's showing kindness and, and being gentle with yourself, but also, you know, taking a pause and understanding that everyone is is responding to this very differently. We're all going through the same thing, but our response to it is very different. Um, and uh, to anyone listening that is not in the hospitality industry, if you're going out to eat or drink or ordering from restaurants and bars, be kind tip generously if you can. Mm -hmm. And remember that they are showing up and trying to live while you're sitting at home ordering from them in the comfort of your house. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you for that. Thank you both. Um, Jess, one more time, do you want to give a shout out to the blend and where people can find it and how they can uh, log in? Yes. So, um, the blend.world is, is our site and you just go to the blend.world and click that join button up in the right hand corner. Um, and it'll, it'll take you through the process and we'll send you a little welcome email and, and you'll be a part of our community and, and have access to everything we have to offer. Um, our Instagram handles are at the blend, the underscore blend underscore us um and then facebook slash uh the blend underscore the underscore blend underscore us so uh take a look at our social handles just to give you a little taste and you can obviously join from the links in our bios on our handles as well amazing look i want to thank you both robin thank you jess thank you so much for joining served up today i want to wish you both um just safety uh great health during this time and a lot of peace So thank you for joining the show. And I hope that you'll come back often. Thank you so much for having us, Bridget. We're really excited to be here. Thank thank you. you. Anytime I can spend an hour with you, I'm in. Yes. I I feel the same way, ladies. Both of you. you. I feel that way. Both of you. Next time it'll be over uh, steak and martinis, hopefully, though. Yes. Yes, it will be. (laughs) I'm going to hold you to it. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. 
Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!